Welcome in to the Game Changer Sportscast. My name's Adam Bracey. I'm Colin. I'm Rick. That's Rick. That's Colin. And we're here to talk about the NFL draft in 2020, the first ever, first ever virtual draft. Um, and it was a wild experience, but it felt so good to finally have something resembling sports back. That's all I cared about. The fact that we were, you know, watching ESPN together as a country, what it felt like, uh, you know, tweeting about it, talking about it, seeing something new uh, that isn't just a rerun of all of these football games and baseball games I've been watching lately. It felt Here's nice. Literally every tragic story ever about any and all oh my god yeah that that was that was not as fun though and i figured we were gonna we were gonna talk about that a little bit i didn't need that like you know we we're finally having this moment where you know we're all we're, we're somewhat back to sports right and then mm-hmm. tom rinaldi comes on every pick like hey every who died pick. in this guy's family or what kind of tragic you know horrific event has he suffered through and i kind of understand it to one extent like you know, since they're not all there in person, they've got to have a little more filler time. They're still doing like 10 minutes per pick, you know, in the first round, and then it goes down a little bit in the in the lower rounds. But they're still, you know, they're 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 not all there, so they they're still, trying they to fill want to time. Human, yeah, a human angle to it. You know, they, they yeah. look at them and they see that like, you know, they think people are going to get bored if we just show like game footage and like you know, analysis by, like, Bruce Irvin, or Michael Irvin just yelling at everybody. I mean, yeah. it's, um, you know, which I get, but at the same time, like, I think we would have been fine with it, because I think everyone was so desperate to see a sport being played, even if it was, like, yeah. footage, you know? I, yeah. I felt like I felt like they were kind of worried about, like, people turning the channel, which nobody really was, because, you know, this like, is, this is, this is sports. What are, you, what are you turning it to? And, you know, all, all, all kinds of, you know, you know, whatever analytic you look at, you know, a story like that is going to make people not change the channel. Like anytime Tom Rinaldi does the, you know, the heartwarming, like this is what this guy has gone through things. Viewers are far less likely to change the channel, but there's nothing else going on. So I like 55 million people tuned in for this draft. I don't, yeah, I didn't get it. Yeah. And also, I mean, sling, you know, for a lot of people, sling gave like a free trial. So like, I just, I legitimately just, put in my email and watch yeah. the whole thing like all all the nights of it i could have you know which is crazy cool yeah yeah i didn't i didn't like that as much i just you know i was like hey i'm really excited for this guy you know going to the nfl and making it on this team and you know now he's he's coming out of a bad spot and now he's going to be a millionaire oh god every single person in his family's dead basically that was, that was just a bummer yeah it's like superhero storylines. I mean, we were learning. I mean, if any of these guys become superheroes or villains, I mean, we know why. I mean, it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just for like sake. like even the uplifting ones kind of brought me down. Like the like the Kenneth Murray one where you know they said he learned CPR at what age twelve, and then he like yeah. saved a woman's life when you know she was like at a car crash or something like that, and he brought her back yeah. from the dead. I don't know, man. Like I was just like. I, I was in such a headspace listening to that that my thought was like the next thing is going to be, and then she murdered seven people, so he saved yeah, the murder. I mean, that, that's what yeah. it felt like. And then <laughs> she was struck going that way. By a flying <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, um, but yeah, how, uh, how did you guys feel about like the the virtual draft element to it? Because I, I I liked it. I thought it was cool. I thought it worked. Uh, there were minor hiccups. 
don't know. I didn't. I didn't seem to like miss the excitement of seeing it on a stage as much as I thought I would. I just for starters, I was surprised that uh, Roger Goodell actually announced every pick through like the first three and a half rounds. Um, yeah. Usually by midway of round two, he's kind of passed it off to guest announcers. Yeah. Yeah. And he looked fucking exhausted by, by the end of Friday. When he plopped down in the easy chair, man. Oh <laughs> right. my gosh. Like, Dude, I honestly, I thought I thought he was drunk. Like, I, I was watching him, and he's, like, slurring his he's slurring his words. He's sweaty. He changed clothes halfway through the first round at one point. I don't know if you guys caught that. Yeah. Like, he when he was announcing that Las Vegas was going to get the draft again, you know, he meant he to say 2022, year, yeah. but he said 2020. Like, I, I don't know. I was like, uh, somebody, somebody check on Raj. Yeah. I think also we're seeing how, like, boring he is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my like, gosh, man. Like, just a lack of personality when, like, well, it's like trying to interact with He's been doing this for how many years now, and he hasn't ever taken, like, speech lessons or, like, you know, God forbid, acting lessons. Just something. Like, when he's in front of people, he's so bad at speaking. Like, it's yeah. Yeah. It's, it's insane. Like, that's, that's he's kind of in his own house. Like <laughs> To be fair, though, that's not really the biggest part of his job description. It has been, and I think it's helped kind of expose the weak parts of his time as NFL commissioner, which is dealing with PR crises and yeah, well, I mean, it's the 21st century. Like it's like gonna, yeah. you know, I mean, this is, I mean, we're finally starting to address some issues. Like he's going to be, he, you know, he, he, you never know how he's going to go down in history, but at this point, like, because he's having to deal with probably one of the toughest times the NFL is ever going to have in its history is mm-hmm. dealing with the concussion stuff and dealing with, you know, um, just the money, everything's just growing so fast too. So ugh. yeah. I don't know. I, I kind of thought during the during the draft because of that, because Roger Goodell is not that great at public speaking and, you know, putting on a performance that maybe they should have brought in like a like an MC or something like that. Like, you know, put, like make yeah. Kevin Hart do it like, you know, and then oh, Goodell announces the picks. Something I like that. Like, I don't know. That could have spruced I, I it did up. Like, or, or John Mulaney and Nick Kroll. That works, oh, too. My <laughs> I loved um, I loved at the beginning right when he started. Because I thought to myself, I was like, man, this isn't going to be the same without the booze. And then he's like, wait, let's get this. He's like, let's make sure this feels right. And yeah. he got the booze. They added the booze yeah. in. And I was like, I, was like, oh, I actually but I he, actually enjoyed that, that he was poking fun at himself. Because you know, yeah. I, I, I don't like Roger Goodell. I don't think many people do. Um, but I was like, okay, that's a cool, like, you're 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 somewhat of a human. You've, you've got a sense of humor. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Um, but yeah, you guys want to launch right into it. So kind of how we're going to structure, uh, NFL draft talk is we're going to talk about, uh, a few of the few of what we think were the best classes, um, few of the worst classes, um, steal of the draft, reach of the draft, and then a boom bust guy, a guy that could kind of, you know, seemingly in our minds go either way. Um, and then the biggest shock, which I have a feeling all of us are going to have the all, same thing, yeah. and and then we'll we'll spawn a conversation from from there because that'll be that'll be fun. Um, yeah. So we can launch into our top three best. Colin, you want to start uh, us off? Yeah, go uh, Colin. Yeah, um, my first one is the Ravens, and I'm going to pull up their draft real quick because I wanted yeah, to. Yeah, that's my first one thing. too. So, but I mean, it's basically if I remember the entire thing correctly, it's just the strong getting stronger. Um, yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah, here we go. Patrick Queen in the first round, 
I think J.K. Dobbins in the second round is great. Uh, Justin Matabike in the se- in the third, along with Devin Duvernay, who is one of the people I consider to steal. Uh, Tyree Phillips <laughs> also, I think, may be a bit overlooked. And Malik Harrison out of Ohio State. Really, they also drafted a bunch of players that I like. But yeah. uh, they <laughs> made it real tough for you. Yeah, they're getting young talent at positions that could potentially be problems for them in the future. And I think especially linebacker is going to be a strength for them now after losing a couple big linebacker names uh, last offseason. So, yeah, they're they're my number one. Uh, are we each going to go number one or do I go number two now? Well, I guess we could all talk about our number ones because it seems like we all had Baltimore at one. Oh, OK, Baltimore, yeah, uh, let's do it. then. <laughs> I, I had Baltimore. I, I had that. You know, they got J.K. Dobbins to add to their already dynamic run game, who is a do-it-all running back who, I mean, he's going to add so much to that offense. Patrick Queen's like the smartest linebacker in the draft, one of the smartest defensive players coming off a national championship team. Uh, what is it, Matabike? Is that how you pronounce it? Yeah, I think that's what it what it is. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's he is one of the strongest defensive linemen in the draft, and Baltimore's always been known for their terrifying defense. So him and Queen being added to it. And then just uh, DuVernay, who was one of the fastest wide receivers. Mm-hmm. He ran in the top, like, what, 92nd or 96th per percentile of it. Um, and adding yeah. him to, like, Marquise Brown, like, holy crap. Like, yeah. that offense mm-hmm. is going to, is gonna like, run the ball down your throat and then throw 50 yards downfield, and there's going to be two guys wide open. So, Yeah, um... I had Baltimore, too. Obviously, I thought they addressed uh, literally every single uh, need that they had um, position-wise. Inside linebacker, I thought was their biggest need going into the draft. Uh, They draft Patrick Queen out of LSU, who is a guy who is slightly undersized. He's only six feet tall, um, but the guy is insanely fast. He's a lockdown run defender um, and can play zone really well. Uh, I think he graded out as like one of the top uh, one of the top linebackers in the draft. So to fall all the way to 28 uh, was really not bad. There were only two good linebackers really when it came down, like two possibly you know game changing linebackers uh, in this draft. I thought him and Kenneth Murray. So Patrick Queen uh, was a great pit there, huh? Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons. Uh, um, but he's, he's, he's a hybrid, though. I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Dobbins, I think, is going to pair super well with um, – oh, yeah, I guess I forgot about Isaiah Simmons. I kind of think of him more on the line. Ingram's a free agent after next season. So. Yeah, Ingram's a free agent. I think Dobbins will and pair well with him. And he's also a bit older. Guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's like 31, I think. Yeah. 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 Are you talking about Dobbins? And then um, – the the other need that I thought they really uh, needed to address was wide receiver because they didn't have a lot of depth uh, at wide receiver. And um, I think their wide receivers had the fewest receiving yards in the league last season. They might have been might have been just a little ahead of somebody. Might have been ahead of Philadelphia. I can't remember. It was Philadelphia or Baltimore. Um, so grabbing Devin, uh, Devin Duvernay, I can't believe that he was still there in the third round. This this yeah. draft was insanely deep at wide receiver, obviously. So, you know, a couple of guys took a fall for that, but he's an elite level uh, slot receiver with excellent speed. So I think, yeah, pairing him with Hollywood Brown, that's going to be that's going to be pretty deadly. And they drafted a Mississippi State guy. Oh, yeah, they did. Who did they get? They got uh, Tyree, Lewis, right? Phillips. Tyree Phillips. Tyree Phillips, yeah. Yep, offensive yep. tackle. They drafted uh, three players from my schools, so. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're out of luck, huh? Yeah, I was not happy. I was 
really i was watching it the draft with uh, my friend cody who is from pennsylvania and he's a big steelers fan and he wanted the steelers to take jk dobbins and then when they didn't i was like celebrating because he <laughs> wouldn't be at a rival team and then <laughs> so yeah karma yeah. or whatever i don't know uh who you guys or you want me to go next for number two um, now. I'll do my second one and then okay. I'll do yeah. my second one first and then Brace you'll do your third one first. How about that? Okay. Yeah, that works. Um, for my second, I had the Cardinals. Um, mm-hmm. I think getting Isaiah Simmons as late as they did is yeah. insane. It's like another. There have been multiple years now where linebackers, some of the best like athletes in the class, have gone later than their projected pick because they're linebackers and people just don't put as much like, you know, I guess I don't know what it is about it, but. Simmons specifically is a great hybrid defender. Uh, he can play linebacker or safety for the Cardinals, and they have a pretty bad defense. Um, so adding him in there, along with uh, Lecky Fotu and Rashard Lawrence, they're both two young defensive tackles. You know, they all have their, you know, they have their um, their downsides and uh, their upsides. But having two young defensive tackles to kind of cycle in on the line would be great. Uh, Josh Jones, they address the offensive line help that they so desperately need. And um, also getting Eno Benjamin is crazy to me that late in the draft, in the seventh round. Um, they keep an Arizona guy in Arizona, and he's he's a great blocker. He's great in protection, and he's a great third down back. And uh, so I, I think they got got off pretty good this draft. So I had them as my like, second best. Yeah. And Cliff Kingsbury had the ultimate flex in the uh, NFL draft. That was a bitching setup he had. That was crazy, man. That was. <laughs> yeah. I, I want to talk about that later when we kind of just go over more. Like, yeah. But the fact that we got to see their homes and stuff is the craziest like shit. That was wild. It's the, yeah. yeah. It's cool. It was so cool. But Cliff Kingsbury cool. literally looked like a drug, like, like, <laughs> like a cartel like, leader. Like, like he from was from yeah, Mexico. I was about to say season five of Narcos. Someone, Cliff yeah. Kingsbury. I'm no one has added that picture into like the Narcos meme or something like that. Yeah, because yeah, he's by himself too. I know he's yeah, by himself. Just straight probably. chilling, yeah. <laughs> Uh, gosh, who you got, Brace? Um, I had the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, um, very similarly to how I felt about Baltimore. I thought they addressed uh, every single thing they needed. The biggest need, uh, in my opinion, for the Bucks was offensive tackle, especially with uh, a certain new quarterback that's coming uh, into town. Uh, they drafted Tristan Wirfs out of Iowa, who I thought was the second best uh, offensive tackle after uh, Wills, who, who went to Cleveland. But uh, I couldn't believe that Wurfs was still there at 13 when they picked him up. They they moved up uh, a pick. I um, can't remember who. San Francisco. Uh, they traded with San Francisco to uh, move up a pick and uh, grab Wurfs. I thought Wurfs was going four to the Giants. So when he was still available there, um, I thought that was amazing. He's six foot five, 320. Um, really good offensive tackle. They can play both the left and the right. I think he'll primarily play right. Uh, here in Tampa. Uh, then in the second round, going out and getting uh, Antoine Winfield, who I thought was the best safety mm. in the draft. Yeah, he's a little undersized, um, but moves around super well. Plays man in Minnesota, Minnesota right? super well. Yeah, out of Minnesota. His dad played in the NFL too, right? Dad played in the NFL too and sacked uh-huh. Tom Brady once and picked Tom Brady, uh, picked Tom Brady <laughs> off one time. Um, and now yeah, his son and uh, and Tom That's Brady are uh, teammates. 
pretty funny. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought that was a good pick. Uh, I wanted I wanted Tampa to get uh, Edward D. Lair there with that pick because I thought Edward D. Lair would be like a really good like that's the kind of running back that Tom Brady uh, has always had success with the you know small undersized guy who can catch out of the backfield. He was taken by Kansas City at pick 32 though, so that wasn't able to happen. But Antoine Winfield was a fantastic pick there, and then grabbing Keyshawn Vaughn, so addressing the running back issue. Yeah. Um, a uh, uh, kid out so of Vanderbilt, bad. yeah, which is bad right now because Ronald Jones is not like a featured back by any way. Um, so it kind of felt like you know drafting Keyshawn that they just kind of redrafted Peyton Barber, um, but that worked. The one-two <laughs> punch of Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber. So you know now that they got that going on, I also thought they needed a defensive tackle. They waited for a while there and then grabbed Khalil Davis out of Nebraska in the sixth round. Looked this guy up. I didn't really know much about him. Um, but he's kind of a monster, man. He can run a 4.640, even though he's 308 pounds, and gets off the block really well. So, you know, obviously he's a six-round pick, so he's not, you know, a polished product. Um, but I thought Tampa Bay did a good job in uh, snagging all of their needs. Yeah, I agree with that. I think Antoine Woodfield, I'll talk about that later, is one of the best picks in the draft. Yeah, yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, I couldn't believe I couldn't believe he fell to the second round. I thought he was a first round talent all the way. Yeah, and uh, between him and Grant Delpit, I think are both really good second round picks. But mm-hmm. um, I was kind of hoping the Browns would actually take Winfield instead of Delpit. But I'm I'm happy either way. Yeah. Um. So my second winner might be a bit of a surprise. Uh, I picked the L.A. Rams. Huh. That uh, is a surprise. I, well, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah. for a team that uh, gave away most of their uh, draft value uh in win now mode uh they actually maneuvered pretty well throughout this draft as well as getting some steals in the second round they got camp acres from florida state and van jefferson uh wide receiver from florida um i think van jefferson will probably fill the shoes of brandon cooks pretty well um and cam acres obviously todd Gurley. uh both of these are also rookie contracts which is a lot better for their cap situation than trading for veterans will be um, and then in the third round, they got uh, linebacker Terrell Lewis from Alabama and then Terrell Burgess from Utah, uh, who were both standouts on very good defenses last year. Um, they also got safety Jordan Fuller later in the second round from Ohio State. So I think that those three defensive picks really kind of put them up there for me, it addresses needs really well and gives them depth at positions where they lost starters. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I think they kind of quietly had a very good draft. They didn't have a whole lot of big flashy picks, but for what they were working with, you know, going into the off season and maneuvering the way that they did to get extra picks and just get some sort of draft capital to try and replenish this roster. I think they're in a pretty good spot. Yep. Yep. For sure. Um, so moving on to third, um, my third best draft class was, uh, the Indianapolis Colts, actually, who did not have a first-round yeah. pick, but I thought that, that they had a very fantastic draft, um, leading off with uh, Michael Pittman with the uh, second pick in the second round. I couldn't believe that Pittman fell to the second round. Once again, you know, we've, we've said this all podcast that wide receiver was crazy deep, so some of these guys are going to come down. But I thought this was excellent value. Um, he uh, is a huge wide receiver. He's 6'4", 223. Um, but has insane speed. Um, so that'll be good on uh, north-to-south plays uh, for him. Last year, 
the Colts ranked 28th in receptions um, with 150, and T.Y. Hilton and Zach Pascal were the only Colts wide receivers to have at least 20 receptions. So this was definitely uh, a, a, a need, and they addressed it quite well. Uh, Jonathan Taylor went in their second round, who you know was constantly looked at as a, a running back out of Wisconsin, as a potential Heisman candidate. Uh, Marlon Mack is a is a pretty good runner, but you know he's he's not a franchise you know a potentially franchise. He had, he had certain changing. games where he would go off, but you yeah, know, he had certain games he would get it was like really inconsistent. Yards. And then he would just get stuffed. And trust me, I know because he was on my fantasy team and he yeah. fucked me. And fucked you, yeah. Uh, he did top a thousand yards last season, but um, uh, I, I think that since the Colts do put a pretty heavy emphasis on uh, the running game, uh, I think adding Jonathan Taylor would be a good bet. He he kind of reminds me of uh, Joseph Adai, like the season the Colts won the Super Bowl with Peyton Manning. Uh, Jonathan Taylor mm-hmm. reminds me of that kind of running back. Um, and then, yeah, and then grabbing, uh, Jacob Eason in the fourth round, you know, if you're not going to get Burrow, if you're not going to get Tua, I think that they got a pretty good quarterback to, you know, just sit and wait for a couple of years until, uh, you know, a year or two until, uh, uh, Phillip Rivers is ready to retire. He's six, six has incredible arm strength. And he's a guy that I think Phillip Rivers can really coach up given, uh, given his play style. You can tell him how to have kids for sure. He can kill. definitely tell him how to do that. He's a little bit of an erratic decision maker, but you know, so is so is Philip Rivers. So you know, <laughs> yeah, season you with go. the two, a season with the two of them there. You know, maybe that maybe it'll be not look too well. different. I, yeah. I also just thought it was funny that Jacob Eason went before Jake Fromm too, given the fact that oh Eason transferred from Georgia because Fromm beat him out. Yeah, that's what happened. <laughs> yep. Uh, do you want me to go next? Uh, sure. Is your, yeah, yeah, go for it. This is the last one. Yeah. yeah. Um, I was kind of split between two teams on this one. I think I'm going to go with the Cowboys, though. Uh, yeah. C.D. Lamb in the first round was kind of a surprise, but I actually love that for their offense. Um, also, I, to fuck over the Eagles. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody was yeah. talking about it. I think on the live draft, they were like, they were like, the Cowboys could take C.D. Lamb here because they know the Eagles want him. And I was like, dude, if they did yeah. that, and they fucking did it. But it, I, well, C.D. Lamb being there at 17 was just yeah. crazy. I mean, that sets their draft right there. Uh, well, Jerry a, Jones was on his powerful billion-dollar yacht, basically, just kind of hanging <laughs> yeah. out. For all of his power, he to get stronger. Yeah, well, he was not alone. I saw other people with uh, him. Yeah. Side, so it's he true. wasn't going to make a crazy move. Like, he's thrown in love when you already have a quarterback. Well. But more on that later. Yeah, more uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I think C.D. Lamb and Trevon Diggs in the second round were both huge, huge picks for them. Uh, I was kind of surprised that Trevon Diggs fell in the second round, but I think we kind of saw hey. that with a lot of defensive backs in this draft just because that was such a deep position group. And there, really, there were two or three other position groups that were about as deep as those. Um, mm-hmm. They also got Neville Gallimore from Oklahoma. So two Oklahoma boys to piss off Bracey going yeah, to the Yeah, pretty boys. fucking mad about it, bud. Yeah. <laughs> And in the fifth round, they got uh, Tyler Byad. By, I don't know how to say his name. He's the center from Wisconsin, and they make really good offensive linemen. And, of course, they need to replace Travis Frederick. And they also got Bradley Anay, who's a defensive end from Utah. Uh, him and Neville Gallimore, I think, will do really good on that defensive line that, other than Demarcus Lawrence, really needs new blood. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. You remember how good Dak was when he had that Dez for, like, that one season? Like, 
CD Lamb came out of Oklahoma and plays like just like Des. Basically, it's kind of yeah. kind of weird, you know. But I mean, if he can put up the the production that someone with his same exact skill set did with Dak, I mean, that was going to be crazy, you right. know. I mean, I can't believe he was available at 17. No, I couldn't. Oh, yeah. And I mean, yeah, I, I think the Des comp is fair, too, because, you know, watching him, you know, I've seen basically every single C.D. Lamb play uh, since I watch every Oklahoma game. Right. And I mean, he, he is a red zone scoring machine. So, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I think yeah. that Des comp works. I think in my last mockout, I had him going at nine to the Jaguars who took C.J. Henderson, who was a very good cornerback. But. I, mean, I think that's where I had C.D. Lamb going to. It's coming to Jacksonville. Yeah, and then the 49ers passed on him too. Although I think Javon Kinlaw is actually a really good pick for them. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you guys want to? Uh, oh, uh, Rick, you mine. still need to go. Yeah. yeah. Um. So my third one. Speaking of C.J. Henderson, uh, my third best class is the Jaguars. Actually. Um, oh, nice. They they went ahead and got their replacements for uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. Uh, they got C.J. Henderson in the first round out of Florida, which is great. Keep a Florida guy in Florida. They got Calevon Chason out of LSU, who is, I mean, was fantastic this past season. So they've already picked two pieces to fill in, like, two pieces that they lost last season. And then they end up getting LaVishka Chenault, like, later in the draft. And mm-hmm. he's always been one of my favorite wide receivers in this draft. He was probably my favorite. Um, I will say he was on my college fantasy football team, so I've kept up with him a good bit more than a lot of other players. Yeah including Colin Johnson, who was also on my fantasy team, who they also drafted, who was fantastic when he was healthy. I will say that. Uh, they got Davon Hamilton. Um, he was part of Ohio State's front seven, so who knows? I mean, why not take a late-round flyer on someone on Ohio State's defense? Um, and then Ben Barch is a, a later pick they had, an offensive tackle out of, um, I think it's St. John's. It was it's really It's a Division three school, and his stats, like, the way he played was incredible. Like one of the best players in division three, but that's why he's so far he's, down because he's, he's only played against huge division too. three. Yeah. But if he pans out, this whole draft for them could be just, I mean, they got, they had a fantastic draft. They had a lot of volume. I'll say that, but they like, yeah. they picked a lot of really, really good pieces with a lot of high upside. So, I mean, you know, might as well, if you're letting Gardner Minshew start another season, get a lot of like, you know, high ceiling guys, yeah. you know, let's see what, see what happens. You know, that was, that was actually a really sneaky draft. I'm looking at it right now. Their draft it's, class yeah. was a lot better than I thought it was. Yeah. I'm looking through all of their picks. I kind of forgot that they drafted, uh, uh, chase on too, which I, I thought he, I couldn't believe that he was still there at 20. I thought he was a top yeah. 15 pick. Um, and I, uh, one thing I love about that too, I fucking love Garner Minshew, Big fan of this yeah, guy man. just because yeah. he's so weird, right? So I love that they didn't really, you know, they, they are committing to him. They're letting him be the guy there. They didn't draft a quarterback until the sixth round, and they drafted uh, Jake Lutton, which I didn't realize they did. Actually, had this guy on my college fantasy team last season, so I know a little <laughs> bit about him. That dude's a pretty good quarterback that could maybe be a thing someday. You know, he's a sixth-round pick, so, you know, maybe he's just a good backup. But, uh, yeah, no, I like, that. I like the Jags draft a lot, actually. Yeah, I yeah. think kind of buying into Gardner Minshew, at least for a year audition, has really freed up their decision-making in other mm-hmm. positions in free I agency mean, as well. Yeah, if you fuck up next season, just get Trevor Lawrence. I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, mean, or Justin yeah. Fields. I mean, like, there's a lot of good quarterbacks yeah. coming out next year. Next year might be a quarterback draft It is what it's looking like. Yeah. There's a lot of hype awesome. around this uh, North Dakota State guy, too. 
Um, oh, yeah, I heard about him. Uh, That's not the Trey Vincent. dude, is it? I don't know. Trey Vincent? Someone like that? No. Is it? I don't know. I don't know. Matt Miller was tweeting about him today. <laughs> Basically, though, he has like he had like 50 touchdowns and zero interceptions in his first season, though. So is that the guy that he said that he was called racist for putting over yeah, Justin black. Fields and he's <laughs> yeah. black? Yeah. Okay. Then that's who I'm yeah. thinking of. Yeah. 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 That's pretty. And I read all of, I looked him up in all of his stats and stuff. And yeah, he's. I mean, he's played some crazy football. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> time to move into the worst. Oh, I did right. my, my worst in reverse, so I wanna I wanna wait to get to my number one. So I started at number three just for okay. the hell of it because I yeah, think it's more fun. We can, well, we can all do all, that. That's pretty good. We all have Patriots on here. <laughs> yes, we all have Patriots on here. I'm sure. I of do it. not actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Just you and I, Kyle. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we can talk about the Patriots, I guess. <laughs> yep. There we go. Okay, Rick, you wanna lead us off? Yeah, sure. Uh, my first one was the Chargers. Um, so that's your they, third worst, right? That's my third worst. My third worst okay. draft class is the Chargers. Uh, I think we're going to share. We might share number ones. Um, I have. If we don't, I feel like there might be some arguing. But as far as the Chargers, they they didn't draft an offensive lineman at all. Not a guard, not a center, not a tackle. For their new rookie quarterback, they just brought in, who needs he needs a little bit of developing, a little bit of polishing which he's going to get a lot of polishing because a lot of defensive linemen are going to be all over him. Um, so, I, you know, I just don't know what their game plan was. And they also doubled down on one. They drafted two wide receivers, a position they have mm-hmm. plenty of depth at. In later rounds, even when these teams are still getting linemen that they can actually play, if they need plug and play or whatever they need them for. So they just refused to address a very – dire situation they had one of the worst offensive lines in the nfl last season and made philip rivers who yes had some questionable decision making years including this past one you know made him look like just as bad as Jameis winston to be honest this past season so putting a new rookie quarterback in that kind of situation seems like they're just kind of condemning him to fail so um yeah that's my third worst though yeah um yeah, they, they, I didn't, I didn't like their draft either. I don't have them on my list. Um, but I also just, the second they picked Justin Herbert, I kind of just wrote the Chargers off for the rest of the draft. I don't see it in Justin Herbert. I don't think he's going to be that good of a quarterback. He, he just reminds me of Mitch Trubisky with a little more arm strength. And Ooh. so, yeah. <laughs> wow. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Me and uh, me and Justin Herbert, if we ever meet up. Mad beef right there out the gate. Uh, Colin, you go ahead with your three. It's like Qui-Gon and Darth Maul. (laughs) Yeah, it's just no no setup to it. We're just meeting on a fucking sandy desert in Tatooine, and we're going at it. (laughs) He's going to run down whatever kid you're with on a motorcycle. (laughs) Um, Am I going next? Yeah, go ahead, Colin. Uh, My third one, I have the Green Bay Packers. Um, and it is not just for the Jordan Love pick. I actually think that's one of their better picks. Um, yeah, I but, do too, even though we're all going to talk about it in a bit. <laughs> yeah. But I don't think that they needed to get him in the first round. I think they actually caught some other teams off guard by taking him in the first round who wanted him because Bill Belichick, more on him later, was saying that they did want to draft a quarterback and they actually planned to do so, but they had to yep. adjust as the draft went on. Um, so... Yeah, spending their first-round pick on a quarterback, a position that is definitely not their biggest need. They need offensive linemen, and they need linebackers, and they didn't address 
either of those positions until the fifth and sixth rounds. They did draft three offensive linemen, uh, and they're all interior linemen, so maybe that'll work out for them. But kind of banking on that talent later instead of using their most valuable picks on it, which they spent on a quarterback, a running back, A.J. Dillon from Boston College, and a tight end, Josiah Degura from Cincinnati. Those are not their three biggest positional needs right now, and they're all occupied by starters who were very good quality in the NFL. Yeah. I'll have more to say about them in my number one pick. I, uh, I actually they're my, actually... they're my worst class. Yeah. Oh, okay. So we'll have a little bit of a disagreement then. I actually had Green Bay on my list and then took them off um, to replace them with the team that I'm about to discuss now. I, I, I agree with you completely, though. I think they had a bad draft. But uh, my number three uh, was the New England Patriots. I think they had a terrible draft. Mm-hmm. Trading out of the first round, I expected that. That's such a Patriot thing to do. Um, when, that, when that happened, I was like, yeah, okay, that makes sense. They just didn't draft – many needs that they had um and then when they, they needed, did draft they needed a racist kicker though they did yeah they, <laughs> i was about to i was about to talk about that yeah they uh uh the, the one need that they did draft i thought they drafted way too late and they drafted two of them it's it's tight end they they need a new tight end and they waited until the third round actually 10 picks apart from each other they drafted two tight ends uh devin uh Asasi out of UCLA and Dalton Keene out of Virginia Tech. Uh, I don't know. I I I wasn't crazy. I wasn't crazy about that. I thought there were better tight ends earlier in the draft that they could have spent. And then their first later in the draft. <laughs> or better tight ends later in the draft. Yeah, one of the two. I thought I just I didn't like the way they went there. Uh, the Kyle Duggar pick, who was their first pick in the draft, it was round two, pick five, uh, out of. Lenore Ryan, which yeah. with Grant is, Delpit which, and uh, Antoine Winfield. Both yeah, still the I was just about to say Delpit was still there. Winfield was still there. They drafted this guy. I looked it up. Lenore Ryan is a real college and not an online school, which I kind of figured they might be because I've never <laughs> fucking heard of this place before. And uh, he's he's not bad. Like I looked up some of his I looked up some of his stats. I looked up uh, a little bit of tape on him, but he's just he's he's tiny. He hasn't played. Uh, he hasn't played a lot uh, against a lot of great competition. I just didn't understand that at all. Um, and they don't draft a quarterback through this entire draft, so their QB room is going to look kind of strange. And then, yeah, uh, Roy Washer, go fuck yourself, guy. I hate that. This, yeah, they, they, yeah. they drafted a white supremacist on the team. First off, never mind the drafting the white supremacist thing for just a second. Why are you drafting a kicker in the fucking fifth round? Well, they needed one. What are you doing? <laughs> but I just feel like there could have been a little bit of, I don't know, so maybe a better option than what they ended up doing. There's I just think anyone... better options in free agency. Like, if you need a kicker, well, you yeah. have already been in the league. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, kickers oh, yeah. normally don't get drafted in the NFL draft, so I thought it was just weird. And if they do, it's like round seven, you know? So, you're telling me, you're telling know, me fucking Mike Nugent isn't just chilling somewhere right now, probably. <laughs> I ain't going to look it up, but he probably is. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I mean both got yeah, brought out of retirement like Kicker was a problem. So. But Roy Washer can go fuck himself. When I saw that, when I saw that tattoo, I was like, oh, you're not fun at parties, and you're a terrible mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. It's fun on Twitter. 
Um, all right, we'll move to uh, number two now. And number two is going to make me quite ranty. So if somebody wants to go before me, that works. Is it the Chicago Bears? Yeah, it's the fucking Chicago Bears. Mine okay. is the Chicago Bears. About, let's, talk, let's both talk about it right now because they were an honorable mention for me. Okay. No, they're my number two. They're my number two. The Bears. Yeah, they're my number two as well. Hell I yeah. How many tight Mr. ends do we need? God, seriously, right? Okay, so that's literally what I wrote. How do many know that do you need? Do they know that wide receivers catch balls too? <laughs> like, dude, I don't know, man. Like, I really think that Chicago's whole philosophy now is just we're always gonna go out and split wide sets, six tight ends. Like, what the I fuck mean, are you doing? There, are, there so. are ten tight ends now on the roster. There are ten tight ends on the roster, and I can't believe they just drafted one of them. I think. Of their picks, I'm looking at them now. Uh, Jalen Johnson might be the only one that's like good value. Jalen Johnson was a fantastic pick. That is the one spot in the Bears draft that I actually liked a lot. I thought Jalen Johnson was going to go uh, in the uh, in the first round, but corner wasn't really like a huge need. The, they need a safety more than they need a corner. Yeah, we needed a safety, and we needed an offensive lineman and another yeah. maybe edge rusher, um, which we and didn't. And a wide receiver. We didn't draft a single offensive. T- oh, no, I'm sorry. We drafted an offensive tackle in the seventh round. Okay, great. Fantastic. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> didn't draft a single, um, uh, didn't draft a single uh, safety. Uh, drafted two cornerbacks, which was a position, once again, not super needed, although I do like Jalen Johnson. And, uh, yeah, uh, one wide receiver in the fifth round, whatever. Uh, Cole, Cole, Cole Komet, I don't he's have a, a good player. He's a good he's player. A good he's, player. He, he was the That's best the tight end in this draft. He was the best tight end yeah. in the draft. Um, he's big. He's physical. He's got good speed. I don't hate it, but there was no need to address tight end right there. I, I know that you know, even though the Bears have so many tight ends in the uh, on the roster, they still struggled uh, with tight ends. Only had 416 receiving yards last season from uh, tight ends, putting us at 31. But I just I just didn't understand. You 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 signed Jimmy Graham. I feel like tight end could have been addressed later. Uh, you need to get some of these guys off the roster in the first place. And Cole Komet was drafted by the White Sox and hates the Cubs. Fuck him. <laughs> <laughs> he sounds all right to me. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I mean, I, I basically, I wrote down two sentences. I said, how many tight ends do y'all need? And then I wrote, did their best without a first, but damn. Yeah. Like, I mean, I mean nope. Jalen, Jalen Johnson is a good pick, and he'll start. Like, he's a great player. I think he'll do well. Trevor yeah. Gibson is okay, like Kendall. Like as it goes on, it just gets you know later rounds. So that's how it is, you know. But I just, I what is Nagy is supposed to be this like brilliant like, I mean I don't know like he's supposed to be this like brilliant mind and stuff. And I just don't know many offensive sets that have six tight ends. Like unless they're just replacing the I'm offensive line, I just I don't know. Like I watch, and, Cole I watch Komet, and it sucks because Cole Komet is such a good player. Like he is he a is, fantastic yeah. tight end, yeah. and hopefully they'll use him. But I mean, with Trubisky throwing the ball, I mean he does like his. I will say he likes his tight ends. He's you know rookie quarterbacks, and he's not a rookie anymore, but he's still scared like one. They make bad decisions and they go uh-huh. to check down passes all the time. Yeah. Um, so I mean, having a tight end that you can trust would be great. I mean, you know Joe Flacco had Todd Heap for years, and he was one of the best ones. You know, I mean. Um, Dallas Clark when he was younger. I mean, 
you know, there have been a lot of guys that can be that guy for him. So maybe maybe it'll work out somehow, but I still don't think he's going to be the starter halfway through the season. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, no, I, I, I don't know, man. This just this draft by the Bears just really pissed me off being a Bears fan because it's just it's how it feels every year. I'm, I'm just sitting there waiting for some kind of big splash thing to happen. You know, uh, Ryan Pace does his best to try to trade up. And then he can't do it, so he settles with a position that we don't need. Where we go, and I'm yeah. like, okay, great. You know, now we're gonna now we're gonna it's run right it back now, with right. Matt Nagy, who had a lot of promise, right? Fooled the fuck out of me his first season because I remember on this podcast ranting about the Nagy hire when we hired him. Then after season one, I was like, okay, it's not so bad. And then just, and I know, I know what sucks about this is I'm gonna trick myself, I'm gonna fool myself into thinking what we did all right, and we're gonna have a 12 and 4 team next year. And when we go seven and nine. We're going to be like, huh, well, it's funny because we got 10 tight ends. Mm-hmm. It is pretty funny. It is pretty funny if you think about <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, it's hilarious. I fucking As love football. As someone who's not God a fan damn. of the team, it's, it's pretty funny, to be fair. Uh, all right, so my second loser is the New Orleans Saints. And Ooh. I think they actually picked okay. two okay. players that I that I think are great value picks. In fact, Here I think Zach Vaughn, who fell all the way to the third round, was a one of the steals of the draft. Uh, Cesar Ruiz oh. does address a need for them, but he's a great player and he addresses a need. They only a reach for sure. Other picks in, in the NFL draft. One was a third round one Oh five selection of Adam Troutman, a tight end from Dayton who they traded Ooh. four draft picks for they traded four <laughs> draft picks to move up in the third round and draft a tight end from Dayton. Wait, they seriously? Like yes. Hey, hey, they hey you know the last time? And it was a compensatory. It was a rounder look, and their seventh rounder to the Vikings for this pick. It was a compensatory look, pick time, for Minnesota, too. That's fucking yeah. The last time a rookie, The last time a rookie came out of Dayton, he ended up eventually becoming the MVP in the NBA and winning a few titles. I'm just saying, okay? <laughs> it was Brian Drew. Brian Drew. Brian Drew. <laughs> yeah, Brian Drew. Yeah. And on top no. of that, they, they made a couple trades in this one. They moved up to get Zach Bond as well in the third round. They traded their third round this year and their third rounder next year to the Cleveland Browns for that pick. And they also traded away one of their six rounders next year to the Texans to get a seventh round pick. Hmm. Yeah. Which they spent weird. on Tommy Stevens, quarterback, yeah. Yeah. Mississippi State University. Quarterback of the future, Tommy Stevens, is what you mean. Well, I thought it was—I thought it was weird. I draft a quarterback you can sign as an unrestricted free agent. Yeah, and I thought it was weird that they drafted. I thought it was weird Tommy Stevens got drafted at all. Was not really anticipating that after watching his yeah. you know, half season well, at MSU, right? Football. <laughs> Did uh, Kelly Bryant get drafted? Kelly Bryant. Yeah, from Missouri. Oh, I don't, I don't know if he did actually. I'm not sure. Hey, but I, I don't think Tommy Stevens got but drafted. I, but I thought, but I thought Tommy Stevens was so weird too because quarterback was not really a need. Yeah, I know Drew Brees is probably going to retire in a year or two, but they really like Taysom Hill a lot, clearly. Um, yeah. And they and they signed him to an extension. Now they're about James to Winston. Yeah, they're about to bring in Jameis Winston too. I don't understand why quarterback needed to be addressed at all. I know it's a seventh round pick, so you're kind of just taking a flyer by that point. But uh, I, yeah, I thought that was weird. Yeah, they they yeah. only had four draft picks, and they spent two of them on players that they uh, they actually traded picks to get these players that they could have probably waited a long time for. Yeah. 
Okay, uh, so we're moving on to uh, one now. Our yeah, my, my number one was the Patriots, and you guys pretty much said everything on them already. Yeah, okay. Sorry, I had the Packers. I mean, I just, I mean, you pretty much said everything about them, too. I mean, like, you know, they didn't draft a wide receiver. The, you know, NFC around them improved so much for them not to address any of their actual needs besides linebacker. So, and AJ Dillon's not going to compete against Aaron Jones. Like, you were exactly right. Yeah. Um, my number one. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Rick. That was Colin. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Colin. I didn't mean to make a noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Love> <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, good little uh, Go ahead, te- quarantine technical difficulty podcast stuff. Um, so my number one, and this is going to be hard for me to say because, you know, I'm a huge Bears fan, obviously, my like my second team that I really root for a lot. And uh, they drafted a guy coming out of my favorite college, but it's the Philadelphia Eagles. I don't understand this fucking draft at all. I thought it was one of the worst ever. Um <laughs> <laughs> Jalen Rager was their first pick. That's a well, need, right? He's a wide dude, receiver. That dude I saw earlier, he has uh, – I think it's he's never dropped a pass in the red zone is what I was reading. Like, uh, I, I, I believe that he didn't play in Big 12 defenses in college, but, I, man, when he gets to the oh, NFL – You change your mind about Big 12 defenses. No, I, I stand by my Big 12 defenses <laughs> take, but <laughs> – but uh, uh, I think when he gets to NFL defenses, it's going to be de- – I, I hated this – I thought that Michael Pittman, who I talked about you know, with Indianapolis when we were going over our best classes, was one of the steals of the draft. Uh, he was still available. T. Higgins was still there. Denzel Mims were still there. I thought all three of those guys were better wide receivers. Jalen Rager is tiny as hell. He's got short-ass arms. He's never going to win a 50-50 ball downfield. And, yeah, he might be all right, you know, out of a slot position in the red zone. But uh, I just thought that was so stupid. Okay, now uh, I want to get to the – I will say, though, real quick, their sixth-round pick, uh, Quez Watkins, is a Southern Miss receiver, and he is one of the steals, I think, of this draft. He's oh, really? Okay, well, I, I didn't know much about him. I know you've probably seen him since yeah, you're, you're there at Southern Miss. Yeah. But other than that, I agree with you. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, okay, now let me get into to, the, the toughest part of this for me, <laughs> probably. And it was a thing that I was really excited about when it was happening. Uh, I was dancing around, you know, this, uh, this this little living room here while watching the, the draft on my television. I wanted the Bears to draft Jalen Hurts. When the Bears didn't draft him, uh, at least the Eagles got him. Good with that. I'm happy with that. Yeah, he's short and all. But I just don't understand this right now when you've got Carson Wentz there. I understand Carson Wentz rarely plays in December and January, so it's not a bad idea to have a backup. I just thought it was was such a weird pick in the second round to go after Jalen Hurts, you know, when you could have probably gone in a later round for one of these guys like a Jake Fromm or a Jacob Eason to, you know, maybe be the, the backup. I just thought this was a really high capital pick. And I don't know what they're going to be doing with I don't know if maybe they're going to try to move off of Carson Wentz in a year or two and make Jalen Hurts the guy. I'm not really sure. Jalen Hurts is that guy that, you know, he wins over every locker room that he's in. He has the greatest story ever, right, of becoming this close to winning a championship his freshman year, then getting pulled, watching Tua go in, coming back in when Tua gets hurt, winning the SEC championship over Georgia, then goes to Oklahoma and puts up some monster numbers there. And, you know, when it comes to college offenses – I get it that Lincoln Riley probably has the closest offense resembling an NFL offense. 
So, you know, Jalen Hurts obviously learned a lot there, but I don't, I don't, I don't know, man. Carson, Carson Wentz just signed that four-year deal. Um, I, I actually, I think it depends on the situation because I think if Jalen Hurts comes in to sit for a couple of years, see how Wentz does, and come in whenever Wentz gets hurt, which will happen as we've seen, yeah, I think it's a great pick. But I think I it is too. I just going to cause the, tension. The spot of where it is, I, I don't know, man. And I just feel like that immediately is going to cause a locker room problem. Yeah, we'll see. Because once did sign a fat new contract pretty yeah, recently. Exactly. Um, and also, uh, I watched a little bit of uh, Kevon Wallace's tape. Um, he looks so undersized playing that kind of like nickelback spot that they had him at uh, Clemson, and I just watched him get burned so much on so many plays. That was the uh, fourth-round safety out of Clemson, Von Wallace. I don't know, man. I just uh, I, I hated the Eagles draft. I think he's the one who tripped up when J.K. Dobbins ran in that touchdown. Yeah, yep. Yeah. 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 Is that all our losers? Yeah, that's so. all mine. Yeah. Okay, so we'll move into Steel of the Draft now. Who'd you guys have for that? Um, I had you go Antoine ahead, Winfield going to the Buccaneers in the second yeah. round. That's, yeah. Um, this guy has a ton of experience. He stood out on a team that was not very good until this year, and he was one of the reasons that they became good. Um, and it's very hard for a team in the Big Ten like Minnesota that does not have a lot of uh, capital or a lot of recruiting power uh to make a run like they did this year. Um, and I think Antoine Winfield is one of the leaders and one of the reasons why he stood out. Uh, I was very pissed when I learned that he was, well, one, an Ohio State legend as his father, but also uh, was not recruited at all by Ohio State. Wow, Ooh. really? Huh. Yeah. That has to hurt. Yeah. It's going to be rough. Um, my steal of the draft was uh, C.D. Lamb. I like your Antoine Winfield pick, and if C.D. Lamb went where I thought he was going to go, Antoine Winfield would be mine too, but yeah. CeeDee Lamb falling all the way to 17, like that was just, you know, a, a gift for Jerry Jones at that point. I'm so mad about it, obviously, because I hate the uh, Dallas Cowboys so much, but uh, just because I couldn't believe that he was there, he's a yards after catch machine, um, and uh, now because Dallas doesn't prioritize defense as much, you know, when they go 8-8 eight and eight next season because they score oh, yeah. 40 points a game. It'll it'll at least look fun. <laughs> they have one of the best offenses this past season, so it's not unbelievable to think they might do it again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, as far as my biggest steal, I uh, I did Grant Delpit out of uh, LSU. He was uh the 44th overall pick to the Browns in the second round. Uh, I think he's one of the best safeties in this class. Um, he can't tackle, and that's why he went this. That's why it took this long for him to go somewhere. Um, but the he is a playmaker in every sense of the word. Like, he's always where he needs to be. He's amazing in coverage. He had 27 interceptions over his three seasons at LSU. And the Browns really need – they have so many playmakers on offense at this point right now. And they just need to start adding them on defense. With Miles Garrett up front, Delpit in the very back, I think, I think this year might be kind of fun for Colin finally. <laughs> He's the, I think, the fifth LSU player we've got on the roster now because we took Greedy Williams last year. I'm really hoping and that. And OBJ and Jarvis Landry. And, yeah. And Baker, Logan obviously. Can help out the secondary. 
And we actually have a complete secondary now of starters. Um, yeah, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. yeah. Did you have Janoris Jenkins last season playing safety? We did not. We had Morgan Burnett, who was not did... good. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't even be able to pick him out of the lineup. So. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't either. Who y'all got for your reaches? Uh, um, I, I went I have, with, uh, oh, sorry, Colin, go ahead. Okay. Uh, I have Jordan Brooks, uh, going to the Seahawks. I think, uh, mm. was, was Patrick Queen still on the board when he was taken? No, because Patrick Queen Patrick was off at, at 24. Oh, was it 24? Damn. Yeah. Uh, oh Patrick yeah. Cause Queen, the Ravens. Patrick yeah. Queen was still on the board. The Seahawks was took it? Jordan Brooks 27, Baltimore Ravens took Patrick Queen 28. Oh, my bad. Did they miss out on one of the best linebackers in this draft, but they picked somebody who did not have very high value and <laughs> did not seem like he was going to go very high. Yeah, Texas Tech Red Raider going off from the defensive, defensive side of the ball. Texas Tech player. <laughs> yeah. First round. Well, and it, was a, it, and it seemed like a total panic move, too, because apparently uh, there was a tweet that came out later, I think by Schefter, where he said that there was a deal in place for Seattle to move out of that pick, mm-hmm. and then it fell through at the last minute. So it kind of seemed like John Snyder was just like, uh, fuck it, the guy had a tech. Yeah, I actually, I think maybe they were going to trade that pick to, um, no, that wouldn't have made sense. Someone who yeah, wanted not... Jordan, Jordan Love, but he was taken right before that, so maybe that's, yeah, oh, yeah, that's really... probably, oh, that's probably, yeah, that's probably it, yeah. Hmm. That that makes sense. I don't know who the other team was. Uh, Schefter didn't report that, but yeah. the Seahawks did say that they were actively trying to move out of that, and it fell through at the last minute. Yeah, maybe the Patriots were trying to move back into the first round. I don't know. Could have been. Yeah. Huh. Um, I had uh, AJ Terrell, cornerback, uh, out of Clemson at. Uh, pick 16 for Atlanta. Here's the thing. Uh, corner addresses a need that Atlanta had. And I understand, you know, sure, he's he's six foot one and he runs a 4.4240. So that looks good. But he was just, man, I, I'm just down on Clemson's defense. I just, you know, railed on their safety. But I thought he was inconsistent a lot last season. He was flagged for uh uh, pass interference so much, which is way more heavily called in the NFL than it is uh, in college. He even had mm-hmm. two pass interference calls against him uh, against LSU in the championship game. So I, I I don't know. I just I thought that there were better options there at corner uh, for uh, pick 16. I, I I thought Terrell shouldn't have gone in the first round at all. So that was a yeah. huge reach for me. Uh, Gladney and Ig Benogany were still on the board yep, at that time, still. as was Trevon Diggs and Jalen Johnson. Yep. Um, yeah, Jalen Johnson should have been the pick there. I, I Actually, Christian yeah. Fulton fell all the way to the second round, too, but I, I guess he was hurt. Yeah, yeah. Um, as far as my biggest reach, I put Damon Arnett, the cornerback out of Ohio State, to the Raiders. Um, yeah. This mm. is the second year in, the, in a row that I think John Gruden – drafts like a kid in Madden or not, not 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 even a kid in Madden like he's like a child if you explained how sports works and so basically you, you hand him a sheet of paper and say okay this is Ohio State they have good defensive players but these are the guys we want last year he drafted the worst out of the three defensive linemen out of Clemson but he drafted Cleveland Farrell at the fourth overall pick yeah which everyone was like this should be the last guy taken from this defense 
I think he sees a good defense and good players on that defense, and he just assumes all of them are good. <laughs> like with Ohio State's cornerbacks, he just assumes Damon Arnett, because he played opposite Jeff Okuda, that he is a good cornerback as well. Also, having Chase Young on the line and Okuda opposite, you know, he's going to, I mean, he's going to look pretty damn good. I mean, everybody's going to look damn good on the Ohio State defense, but it's just, I just, I my brain, I, I just don't understand how he does this two years in a row where he drafts someone that he could have gotten a, a lot better value at that pick. Um, you know, and, and like last year, you know, we talk about it with the draft. We don't know how these players are going to pan out, but like if you look at the last the first three picks the Raiders had last year, it looks like they had an amazing draft. But if you mm-hmm. consider where they picked them as far as their value, it is not bad value. Um, so I think this is one of those things. I think Arnett could have. I mean, he was a second or third rounder maybe, but I just Gruden. I think he's just a child when he drafts. I really do. <laughs> I, I, I remember coach. <laughs> I remember you know Colin and I were on the were on the Zoom call. We had we had like a little Zoom party going for the. Uh, for the draft, because it's weird not having an NFL draft party. That 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 bummed me out a lot more than I thought it was going to. Um, you know, I was so I was caught up in the moment of the draft. I was so excited for it, and then like not actually having like people over to where we're talking about it in real time. That was a little bit of a bummer. But you know, we tried to replicate that as best we could, um, given uh, given the current situation. So we did the Zoom call and. Even even Colin, big Ohio State homer, I remember when uh, the Raiders uh, picked our net there was just like, yeah, that was that was way too soon. <laughs> yeah, I I actually think he's a better corner than he's maybe rated as, but because rating people is such a big part of the draft, they could have definitely waited to get him. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's worth mentioning that Damon Arnett, in three years as a starter at Ohio State, has not let up a passing touchdown. Although he has been called for a couple of pass interference calls in the end zone to prevent touchdowns. Yeah. There yeah. you go. That which the Raiders it. sounds like they would love a player like that. And which also like one of my, one thing that I love about watching college football so much sometimes is how little pass interference is called. It's called what three, four times a game in the NFL though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, so. all of Damon Arnett's pass interference calls were bullshit. So, well, yeah, because it negatively impacted <laughs> Ohio State, right? <laughs> yeah. All right, so biggest surprise. Uh, let me start because I think I have one that y'all don't have. I have Jordan Love to the uh, Packers. <laughs> oh, whoa, really? <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that crazy? You know what? You know right. what's funny is I don't hate the pick. And I think, Colin, I think you said that earlier too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I think it's all right. He, he has the physicals of an NFL quarterback and the strength to play the position, and he's shown he can play well. He lost his entire team. You know, I could I could go on and on about why he's a good he'll be a good player, but what the fuck? Like what the <laughs> fuck? They didn't draft a single wide receiver in the draft, and right here there were yep. still so many good receivers in the first two rounds. Like Michael Thomas was taken in the second round. Like there, there are so many good there receivers. There were good wide receivers going all the way to round four. I know, and that's what blows my mind. Lavishka Chenault. Like I mean, it's yeah. I just my brain doesn't. I don't. I. I mean, K.J. Hill and Donovan Peoples-Jones went in the 6th and 7th round. Yeah, and those are productive players that can add to an offense. I mean, like, everyone talks about how the Eagles need a wide receiver so badly, and they sort of addressed it, maybe. But even they are looking better than, like—because the Packers literally have Devontae Adams. 
and that's basically it. They have yeah. no one to build yeah. rapport with their quarterback. They just signed a four-year extension to. Like, I really feel like he's going to be asking for a trade at some point in the future. Like, why would you want to stay here? This team obviously doesn't care about you succeeding. Like, they want to win their way, which they had a good season last year. Obviously, their record shows, but like, fuck. Like, I mean, you have one of the a generational talent at quarterback, and they just don't give a fuck. Like, I would be excited. If I was Jordan Love, i get to learn under Aaron Rodgers. That's what I'm most excited about. But, but, but you get to learn man. next to Aaron Rodgers. You don't get to learn Yeah, let's Aaron be Rodgers. fair. Yeah. Um, unless, you, unless you get into that All-State commercial with him. He ain't teaching you this year. <laughs> I, uh, I actually want to run this theory by you guys real quick. Oh, God. Um, Aaron Rodgers possibly to the Las Vegas Raiders in a season or two. Huh. It, it makes sense. Like the situation has been souring in Green Bay for a couple of years now. Yeah. And even getting rid of Mike McCarthy has not fixed that. And I think this especially will not. They brought happen. in a pass. They brought in a run heavy offense. Like, yeah, they took away Aaron Rodgers' best trait, which was kind of being the head of the offense. Like, I mean, yeah, he struggled when he didn't have receiver help. But like when he had receivers and he was calling the plays like, yeah, it worked. But can, can I give you my out there theory? Uh, similar yeah. to Collins. You're going to say the Chicago Bears. Aaron Rodgers, future Chicago Bear. You're exactly right, Colin. Because, think about it, Ryan Pace will trade any pick all the fucking time. He has yeah. no problem with that. So he'll probably way, you know, he'll probably be like, hey, Green Bay, here's our entire draft. I could see that happening. He could be like, also, uh, 2022, this is all of our picks. Please give me Aaron Rodgers because I'm tired of him beating us. It's going to be Ricky Williams all over again. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> the only way Green Bay does that, I think, is if they cut Aaron Rodgers. See, There's that's no the, way they trade. See, that's but, the crazy thing is because Green Bay, like, they'll never trade with Chicago, right? That's why I think it's going to be something so far out. No, okay, maybe this theory is just bullshit. But yeah. I, I picked the I Raiders because they're in, they're in Las Vegas now. They've got John Gruden, who wants very obviously wants a quarterback that is not Derek Carr. <laughs> Yeah, okay, me, yeah. they me, also me, tried really hard to get Tom Brady this year. Let me yeah. let me run a theory by you. Okay, so you're you're Aaron Rodgers right now. Say say the Packers could win a Super Bowl this year, and you would only throw like 130 yards in the Super Bowl, and in the playoffs you threw like 100 yards per game, but you won the Super Bowl. So. Would you rather yeah. stay and know you're going to win a Super Bowl, but only basically average like 150 yards for the entire season per game? Or would you rather take a chance going somewhere else? Because it's kind of it's kind of weird because they're kind of not using, you know, it's like you had a 99 overall player who's a pocket passer and you're trying to run a read option offense. Like it just doesn't it doesn't make sense. You know, like, I, you yeah. know, I don't know, even if they win with him there, like I feel like they could be. If they're going to run an offense like that, why not trade Rodgers for, like, somebody else? Like, trade him for Derek Carr and ask for, like, all their picks next season. Fucking John Gruden would do it, like, in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. If you, but all Derek Carr has to do is hand the ball off. Like, that's all they want to do. So why not, like, take a flyer and try it? I mean, you could get a lot of really good players for Aaron Rodgers right now, too. Yeah, that's true. My My – my thing with the with the Jordan Love pick, because, I mean, obviously this is going to be the, the biggest shock for all of us, right? I I am in the same boat as you guys. I don't hate the pick because I believe that Jordan Love is going to be pretty good. He had a new offensive coordinator and nine new starters last season. So the 17 interceptions thing, that doesn't really concern me. He's got good size. 
Um, he's got above average mobility. And, like, this is the kind of shit that the Green Bay Packers do, right, where, you know, this is what sets them up to have mm-hmm. potentially 50 good years of quarterbacking play because they had Favre and then they drafted Aaron Rodgers. And, you know, now maybe if Love lives up to his upside, you know, they can keep that going. But at the same time, man, like the Aaron Rodgers thing made sense because they drafted him at, what, 24, something like that when when they drafted him. Brett Favre was the same age, but Brett Favre did not take care of his body the way that Aaron Rodgers does. Aaron Rodgers takes pretty good care of his body, meaning that he'll probably last in the league longer. And Aaron Rodgers was considered like a top five pick in that draft, whereas Jordan Love was considered the fifth best quarterback you know, off the board pretty much. So they expected him to go first two rounds, but still like if I was, yeah. say we were in the second round and I'm the Packers, maybe I'll look at him then. Maybe but then, the but to round, trade up, I just, I, I just thought that was so weird. It's also crazy because Aaron Rodgers was on, uh, during the draft, while the draft was going on, first few picks was on Pat McAfee's show. And he mm-hmm. was telling Pat McAfee, he, he literally said, I want to be, in Green Bay for my entire career. Like they were asking him basically about the, the Tom Brady to Tampa Bay thing. And he was like, look, that's cool for Brady. Glad he's doing what he's doing. Legacy means something to me though. I want to retire, you know, with the Packers. I want to be here the whole time. And, you know, he says that. And then later in that same interview, that same segment, he kind of makes a snide offhand comment where he says, you know, well, we haven't, drafted a position player in 15 years so you know with the first round pick so that would be cool and then i, I guess technically I mean, they did it but but not my, my problem with this is like green bay's never given this guy the help that he needs right they always draft you know either on the defensive side of the ball with their first round pick or they draft some offensive tackle that never pans out so now they bring this one in here who, who which is only going to cause problems for Aaron Rodgers, because, you know, we know Aaron Rodgers is going to be so cool and so polite about this, right? You know, really teach the guy. That. No, that's bullshit. He's the most thin-skinned pussy in the league. He's like, going to treat gonna, him like his own family. Yeah, he, he's going to treat him like his own family. You but know, that's, the that's also the thing. I mean, brother the Packers organization the shit out of all the time. The, the Packers organization has treated Aaron Rodgers the same way Mike McCarthy did. He just basically coasted on Aaron Rodgers' ability to keep plays going after the play had broken down. So they didn't really get him much offensive line help for a number yeah. of years, and they just basically trusted him. Like, Mike McCarthy didn't even really care about the offense because he just let Aaron do whatever he wanted to do. And that's so unfair to him to not actually try to fix this problem that he has. I mean, so, and it seems like the organization is doing the same thing. They just assume, hey, we're going to have Aaron. Let's just do whatever we want. It's just, yeah. you were you were one game away from a Super Bowl too. Now I know the 49ers yeah. blew out the Packers last year, but you're one game away with yeah. a new coach and a new system, and you only have Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. I just yeah. I I I don't know, man. It, it, like my thing, my and I want to go back to what I was saying too with the with the you know the comp to the Brett Favre situation. Brett Favre was obviously out the door in two to three years, but Aaron Rodgers still has four years left on his deal said that he's going to play out that entire contract and, and then maybe healthy. picks up another one. He, yeah, he seems healthy. Look like he's on a decline at all. <laughs> no, he's he's taking yeah, care of his body. Know. He's taking care of his body. Tom Brady's 42 and still playing, you know, like these guys now because diets are different because yoga is so, you know, like, you know, 
hip right now in the NFL. You know, these, these guys, Aaron Rodgers apparently meditates every day. That shit's super important. I meditate every single day. I've never felt healthier in my life. That stuff's important. Like, this guy could potentially go on for another eight years. So I just I – mean, look at Brady. Look at Brady. Like, he basically he, – he gave the Patriots as many years as he could, and then they didn't want to pay him. But I think there's a little bit more to that. So why not just, like, test the waters? He goes to a team that has some of the best wide receivers in the NFL and also just got Rob Gronkowski back because yeah. he knows he can Grant party down there. Yeah. He knows he's going to be able to party in Tampa. So – um, Tampa's you know, cool party I just, city. I can't wait for you guys to come down here or, and for, you know, yeah. COVID-19 to die. <laughs> yeah, man. I just, I don't know. I mean, as, if I was Aaron, I'd be leaving after the season. If they didn't, if they didn't make a trade during the season for a wide receiver it, or made any moves to get a wide receiver, anything, I would be gone after the season. It shocked me that I didn't wake up Friday morning to like a report where Aaron Rodgers called up, uh, Green Bay's front office and wanted a trade right there. Like, I seriously thought Friday morning I was going to wake up to Aaron, uh, Aaron Rodgers already wants out. And, I mean, can anybody blame him? Like, no, nobody no, no, no. You can blame him. And it's, not, and it's not this whole, like, you know, Ben Roethlisberger getting mad they're drafting, you know, Mason Rudolph or Josh Dobbs. Like, yeah. you know, they have uh, they had amazing wide receivers when that was happening. They still had Juju and Antonio Brown, you know, they and James Conner. Like, they had a great team around him. Like, this is so different and just so disrespectful on a whole nother level like it's just crazy they didn't even give him a heads up and apparently green bay said they targeted jordan love they wanted jordan love in this draft and they were they were they they said that they were anticipating them having to move up to do it so this was their plan and they didn't sit aaron Rodgers down before he you know went on pat mcafee's show i think he went on another podcast too and yeah. talked before the pick they they weren't like hey by the way we're, we're taking a quarterback that's probably your eventual replacement. No, no heads up. So, yeah, if I were Aaron Rodgers, and like I said, Aaron Rodgers is the most thin-skinned person in the NFL, so you should definitely, like, keep that in mind before doing this the way that they did it. But, like, I'm not even going to – I'm not even going to do my whole typical routine of Aaron Rodgers just being a big pussy. I totally get it if he wants out. That's a huge slap in the face. Yep. Yep. Did we all have the same uh, boomer bust pick as well? No, no I don't think we did. Not. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead, Colin. Uh, this one is uh, a pick high in the draft in the first round that we think is probably the biggest risk or reward sort of pick uh, that wow. could go either way of probably either really good or really bad. Um, and mine is to Tagovailoa to the Miami Dolphins. And it is almost entirely based off of Tua's injury history, yeah, uh, which is kind of terrifying for <laughs> that. <laughs> probably should terrify any team that had a top ten pick thinking about him. Um, not just the hip injury, which was potentially career ending, uh, which he's seems like he's recovering from, but uh, the ankle injury that has plagued him for the last two seasons is something that keeps coming yeah. back up. Um, in both of his ankles too. Yes. It's both of them. They're, they're shot. Yeah. And he's, yeah. his frame just looks fragile and it seems like that is definitely the case. However, on the flip side of things, if Tua is healthy, he's going to hit any and all receivers. So like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think it's amazing biggest, ball yeah. placement. The biggest yeah. risk about this pick, I mean, he could have been number one overall if 
this draft happened last year. Yeah. The biggest thing about this is we know how good he is. It's just whether or not he'll be able to show it. I just, he, he freaks me out. The only reason why I didn't go boomer bust here is just because I'm betting on the bust. Yeah. Like I'm betting on because of the injury history, because of just how bad that Miami organization is right now. And look, here's the deal. I thought they had a good draft, yeah. but you know, and a good off season and a good off season. Yes. They, they made some good moves in free agency, but I just, I, I think organizationally, there's a lot of problems there. Uh, they haven't really had many successful quarterbacks since Dan Marino, with the exception of my boy, Jay Cutler, <laughs> uh, you know, Jay Cutler, goddamn legend in, in yeah, every and yeah, all capacity. And and I'm rooting for him. You know what, Jay Cutler, I know right now you're going through a divorce. You're, you're oh, better, no. You're better, oh, man. Bro. Did you see the, good, Twitter, the um, Twitter chain about that? Yeah, yeah. No. Somebody, like, figured out that his wife's trainer had been living with them for, like, the last month in isolation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Don't don't yeah, worry, I Jay. Know that. You're, you're you're better than Christian Cavallari. You you deserve better. You're a goddamn so legend in my book, man. He was so great on that reality show with it. Like it was just he just did not care one bit. No, oh, he was so good. Just uh just you know go go out go out to a to a isolated beach, you know get naked, smoke a cigarette, do what you need. You're gonna bounce back, Jay. You're a goddamn hero in my book. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who you got for your uh, boom bust, Adam? Um, I had, uh, Henry Ruggs, the fourth, mm. third, just uh, third, sorry, um, <laughs> going to Las Vegas, just because I, I think that there's incredible upside for this guy. Um, you know, he's fast as hell. He can catch the ball really well. Didn't play a whole lot in college. Um, so, you know, that concerns me a little bit. Las Vegas organizationally just concerns me a little bit, but with that being said, he's got some really strong hands uh he can secure a ball super well he's fast as hell but my biggest my biggest worry is because of how deep at wide receiver this draft was and because rugs was the first off the board which none of us expected that right everybody was thinking either judy Judy. or lamb and and rugs goes off the board first that makes me concerned people might look back at this draft and be like yeah rugs is a pretty good player but you know Jerry Judy and C.D. Lamb were all pros by their second season. Yeah. That, that concern. I don't know if that all pro upside is there for Henry Ruggs, but with that being said, I think he's going to be, you know, he has the potential to be an insanely good wide receiver. But my, my concern is because of where you drafted him, now he's going to be in the conversation of C.D. Lamb, Jerry Judy, Michael Pittman Jr. Those names are going to get brought up. And I John think that Ross. those guys – yeah, and I think that those guys are in better situations right now because I've got I don't trust Las Vegas organizationally. No, it's crazy, man. They there's I mean they could trade Derek Carr for a hill of beans in week <laughs> like in preseason during the game. Like I mean, there's no telling what they'll they will will or won't do. Um, but for mine, I had Jedrick Wills um to the Browns at tenth overall. Um, I think. Drafting offensive linemen obviously is always a risk. I mean, there seems to be no middle ground. They're either a boom or a bust. Um, but arguably, you have the best tackle in the class, and they got him at 10th overall. Um, you know, and I think 
the offense getting kind of retooled under Kevin Stefanski um, is really going to give Baker Mayfield a chance to shine. They're going to have two healthy running backs back there. I, you know, he's going to be their starting left tackle probably week one. So um, I really do think that he has um, all pro potential in his rookie season, to be honest. So, Mm -hmm. but that's my, my boom. But he did play right tackle in college. I think it's worth mentioning. So it is going to be a bit of a change for him. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So any, any parting thoughts before we move off the NFL draft? Yes. Um, Um, John Gruden is a child and he's like a kid who's, you know, I'm going to give another analogy. He's like a kid who's playing uh, baseball and he just picks the players that are running the fastest on the, on the, uh, they're running the fastest out there, like on the playground. Like he just, he's picking athletes and speedy players instead of picking like almost any like skilled players, I guess. I, I feel like he would never draft a wide receiver who ran over a four, four, five or something like that. So I, I don't know. Right. I mean, he, yeah. he drafts like a, he just drafts like a kid to me. Like he just really, he's like, he looks at the combine results too hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, do you guys want to talk about draft day tomorrow? Um, cause this is kind of taken over an hour already and I, I do have some other yeah. stuff I want to try. Oh that. yeah, sure. We can do that. Yeah. yeah we'll, we'll, no, we'll, totally we'll bring fine. up the draft day thing later. Um, I can do any time tomorrow afternoon as well. That's so. fine. Okay, cool. Yeah, that works. Um, yeah, I, uh, did, it, did you see the, did you see the draft board speaking of acting like a child and, and not thinking too well on Gruden's part through the Raiders draft board? Yeah, the Raiders, uh, John Gruden had the entire Raiders draft board right behind him uh, oh, on at least no, the first round pick. Yeah. On at least the first round pick, the way that he positioned his camera for the zoom call, you can see the whole board right there. Oh my gosh. That is amazing. That's so dumb, dude. I, I, mean, I was kind of surprised. He's dumb. Like he's not, he is so dumb. Like, I don't know why people assumed he would be a good coach. Like it just, Oh, my brain. Yeah. I, I kind of assumed that there would be more technical difficulties like that in this draft. Everybody actually did a pretty good job, I felt like, of, you know, limiting the problems. With the exception yeah, of like it was, it was pretty smooth. Mike with the exception of Mike Rabel. That whole that whole situation, that whole shot that we saw of the dude oh my God. dressed like Mr. Freeze, you know, the the mullet guy wearing of somebody in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, that was that was apparently apparently that guy was sitting on a stool, okay. but he, he knew he knew what he was doing. Like when <laughs> that 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 clearly was set up the the mullet thing. I also looked at it too. I don't know if you guys saw uh, the Pro Bowl jersey that the mullet guy is wearing is a Patriots jersey. Like it has a it has a New England logo on the on the sleeve. I just thought that was weird. The whole situation was yeah. crazy. Yeah, but, he had nobody uh, in that room with him the next day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, but I was surprised that we didn't have, like, more technical difficulties. You know, nobody missed a pick, um, which I kind of thought might actually happen at some point. I know the NFL said that they were going to be a little more lenient about the whole, you know, jumping uh, in the NFL uh, on the on the board, you know, if you miss a pick. But uh, we didn't have any of that. The, the one downside that I noticed – not really any trading going on. The first trade was Tampa Bay moving up one pick from 14 to 13. And then we didn't really get much after that. You know, the big one was obviously green Bay jumping up to grab Jordan love, but I guess because, 
you know, you don't have a whole war room set up. There weren't weren't a lot of weren't, there wasn't a lot of movement, which I know we always like, you know, in drafts. That's exciting, right? You yeah. Know, it makes a big big trade up or something like that. It was pretty weird. Just not used to it. Yeah. But I thought all in all, you know, went pretty well. You know, it felt nice to have something resembling live sports again. That was that was all I cared about. Yeah, it was really nice to finally have it again. I mean, I don't know how many people. I mean, I missed it like crazy just seeing it. You know. Yeah. 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 No sports has been has been tough. You guys got anything else before we wrap down? Hmm. Um. I think Joe Burrow will be okay. <laughs> yeah, we didn't we didn't spend like any time talking about Joe Burrow in this. You know, obviously we structured our our, our draft response a little bit differently. I I I fucking love Joe Burrow, man. Like I really bought into him hard this season. I I I love his whole his whole thing, like his whole persona. You know the everything he's got going for him. I really like him. I'm rooting for him. Cincinnati is another place, though, I just don't trust organizationally. I think it's going to be kind of similar to an Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay situation where they just don't give him any kind of weapons whatsoever, and that's going to make him struggle, you know, for his first, like, seven years in the league. They've never really shown a, a resistance to dra- – well, this is a new regime, I guess I can say. So. Yeah. 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 Finally, after several years. Oh, my God. I'll say, though, maybe, maybe, they, maybe they can surprise me. You know, obviously – they were the worst team in the NFL last season, but you know if you go back and look at their schedule and the results, they lost eight of those games by you know. 10 when they finally last. put Dalton back in, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah. They won some. When they had when they had what Ryan Lindley playing was that who it was? Finley. Finley, yeah. I uh, they they were not doing well there, obviously. Yeah, but, obviously uh, not memorable. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, no, I, I, I think that there's a chance. I'm glad that there's a new regime in there. I, I still think that Zach Taylor, you know, has the potential to be a good NFL coach. And now that we're now that we're now that he's got a franchise, you know, altering quarterback, maybe that maybe that shows out. I, I just I just worry about Joe Burrow's career going in kind of a Jared Goff like way. Ooh. Hmm. I don't know, man. I hope not. I hope not because I fucking really like the guy and I want to see him succeed, but uh, the Bengals just scare me. I, I'm, I honestly kind of thought that there was a chance that Joe Burrow was going to pull, you know, like a Eli Manning, like an Eli Manning or like a uh, like a um, uh, why am I blanking on his fucking name now? One of the best quarterbacks of all time, Denver current GM. John Elway. Elway. John Elway. Yeah, thank you. With uh, John Elway, with the uh, the then Baltimore Colts, you know, just saying, no, I'm I'm not coming here. I refuse to play, and then they move off. I really kind of thought that there was a chance that Joe Burrow would do that. Yeah, that doesn't really seem like his. Like, he seems not like his style. It's not has, his style. Yeah. He appreciates the opportunities that he is given. Yeah. And and you know, him. one year ago, none of us would have expected that we were talking about Joe Burrow being the top pick in the draft. <laughs> no. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, um, I think that about does it for me. Yeah, I'm good with that. Cool. Can go ahead and wind down here. Um, you know, we we did tease up. So sorry to the listeners. We we're under a little bit of a time constraint and ran this podcast a little long. So we did tease out that we were going to talk about the movie draft day. We'll do that at another time because um, we're going to go ahead and wind down the podcast here. So be on the lookout for that 
I think our next podcast too is um, we got to talk about the last dance, obviously. Um, and I, I kind of feel like that's a, a a podcast that we can dedicate the whole show to. So um, expect our next pod to probably be that. We're gonna go episodes one through four, and then moving forward um, with the with the remainder of the documentary, we'll uh, we'll try to you know have that as like you know, one of our podcasts, like right after they come out, uh, you know, I know we're a little, little behind on that with, uh, just scheduling time wise. So last dance stuff, draft day, that's all coming up soon. Thank you guys for listening. If you, uh, made it all the way through, uh, please give us a like and a comment and a share, all that good stuff. You can find us on iTunes or SoundCloud, uh, on Facebook. We're still the lunch take podcast. We're still kind of working on that. Maybe eventually that gets changed or fixed. Uh, and then on Twitter, we are at, GC Sportscast, um, and you can find our personal Twitter accounts um, from that account as well. So give us a follow, uh, share anywhere you can. Uh, that would be super helpful for us. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed the show. Thank you for listening all the way through. I've been Bracy. I've been Colin. I'm Ricky. Bye, guys! Mm-hmm.